get that, listen to it, and it'll benefit. Now, for the last few weeks, I've been wanting to give this message, and <laughs> today I'm going to do that. And uh, we've been on the subject of what? Righteousness. What's righteousness mean? It means you have right standing with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can come boldly before His throne of grace. Amen? You and I have boldness and access with what? Confidence through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, let me um, read to you, or give you the definition, because I want you to understand uh, the subject of righteousness and we got to go over and over and over it again. It's the ability to stand in the Father's presence without the sense of guilt or inferiority. Righteousness is right standing with God. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, at the time of the new birth, you enter into the kingdom of God as God's very own child and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And you know what? You and I have rights. Amen. Certain rights. We said there are no degrees or levels to attain when it comes to our righteousness. When you and I get to heaven, we'll not be any more righteous than we are right now. <coughs> righteousness is a free gift and comes through faith in Christ. Amen. Now, we're going to go on today. I want you to look in your Bibles to John 16. John chapter 16. And I, I want you to understand, I'm having a little trouble talking today. I've got a retainer in to hold a tooth in. And we don't want Pastor's tooth to fall out. Because then I look like a hillbilly. Yeah. Amen? So I'm kind of lisping today. But it's better, I'll tell you what, it's better than what you'd see otherwise. Because you wouldn't concentrate. You'd just be looking at that space between my teeth. John chapter 16. I want you to look at verse 8. Oh, let's start with verse 5. It says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, Where are you going? Jesus said, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, now listen, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now we're on the subject of what? Righteousness. Of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now... Let me make this statement. Many believers struggle with a negative self-image, condemnation, and unworthy feelings. I know nobody here has ever dealt with the lies of the devil. Sure we have. Now, this is what Rick Renner says. In fact, he opened up my eyes to the scripture. And I never understood it as far as the, the subject of righteousness. We'll get into that next time. We're going to talk about something different today. We're going to talk about the conviction, the conviction ministry of the Spirit. We, we said many believers struggle with unworthy feelings. That's why we need, now listen, the convincing. Everyone say convincing. Convincing. 
ministry of the Holy Spirit to help us understand that we're the righteousness of God in Christ, that we receive the righteous nature of the Father through the new birth. But before we look at the Holy Spirit's convincing ministry, we need to understand the first part. It says he will convict the world of sin. Everyone say convict. So this morning we're going to talk about the, the Holy Spirit and His ministry to convict the, the unbeliever of sin. And next time we're going to talk about, and I never realized this, how we need the Holy Spirit to convince us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And, and the, convicting world, world, the convicting ministry of the Spirit of God is, is vital and is so important. But it's just as important that the Holy Spirit convinces you and I that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And how many of you know you cannot come to Christ without the Spirit of God convicting you? Now listen. You and I will not understand our righteous nature without the convincing ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's as important as the convicting ministry. And we're going to talk about the convicting because I don't just I want to take it one step at a time. And I want this morning. Let me ask you a question. Uh, well, let me let me read this first. What convict means? How many now don't you don't need to raise your hand because I probably have hands. How many of you I've sat on a uh, in a courtroom? And how many have ever been cross-examined before? I I've been I had to go for a certain case and they put me on the stand and I had to answer questions. It's kind of intimidating. And uh I'll never forget when I went on for this certain, it's been many, many, many years ago. And I got on the stand, and I won't get into the details. But this, this lawyer really was, was grasping for anything to help his client. And I basically was on the side of the woman and her and her kids. And he got up there and he just literally, this is basically what he said, Ron. He says, well, you're, you're just a pastor of a small church, exact words. And basically, what would I know? Yeah. And I wished I could have, and it must have been God, because after I was done, I thought of what I could have said to me. I would have said this. Well, you're a small man. You're short stature. Why are you representing the person you are? What, what, how good can you be? And just, oh God, why didn't I think of that? But I remember getting up there, and, and this is what the word in the Greek means for reprove or convict. It's defined this way. It means to expose, to convict, or to cross-examine for the purpose of conviction. To cross-examine for the purpose of conviction. The Holy Spirit, now listen. 
will deal with the heart of an unbeliever. How many of you were unbelievers? The Holy Spirit will deal with the heart of an unbeliever and bring him or her to the realization that he or she is a sinner and lost without Christ. Okay. Now what, what I want to do... Where's my mind at? <laughs> I, I don't want to just, you know, call on anybody to share today because I don't want to put you on the spot. So I kind of gave Brad... A heads up. But I want you to think, we're talking about the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. I want you to think back. How, some of you have been believers and Christians for many, many years. How many of you can remember the exact day and the time where you were sitting and you were listening to the gospel and you were a sinner? And you had a hard heart. And all of a sudden, when the preacher was ministering the word, you felt convicted. Pat raised your hand. Thank you. Dennis raised your hand. I'm, I remember you. But I want Brad to come. And I want, this is an example of conviction. And as he shares, I want you to think about, about the time that the Holy Spirit dealt with your heart. I've been such a butthead all my life. There's so many moments of conviction I can come up with. But no, to go back to the original round, though, with getting born again, I can remember working in the grocery store. And this is probably when God really started dealing with my heart, was there at good old Sunmark back in the day. Some of you probably remember seeing me in there. Hopefully, I didn't say or do something stupid back then that makes you wonder how I ever got here. But I can remember going to work and thinking, okay, this is it, huh? I've done the college thing. I did the high school thing. I've got a place. You know, now I'm supposed to just go to work for 40, 50, 60 years and then die. <laughs> That's it, huh? And I, and, and I can remember thinking there's, there's just, there's got to be something more. There's got to be a better point to this whole thing called life because otherwise this kind of seems fruitless. And I know that was God putting a little bit of Bait out there trying to get me to see what was going on. And I can remember, I mean, I was, I was, I can, I can remember having sinners, other sinners like myself, telling me how they just cannot believe how foul mouthed I was. <laughs> and getting yelled at by people who were just as same category I was, saying, gosh, I'm just the words and language that you use. I always tell people Jesus Christ was my favorite word back then, too. Yeah. Still is. It has a little bit of different context behind it. But I can remember going to bed at nights, go out and get wasted and party and do all these dumb things. But it was always when I went to bed at nights, mm -hmm. there was nothing else going on. There was no more wild and crazy. There was no more all this happening to distract. And I just couldn't get away from it. And that's when all the thoughts would start coming. Thinking, you know there's something better than this. You know this isn't any good. You know this isn't producing either. You know, I use those right words now. I couldn't put the right words on it then, but just how unfruitful life was. And how there just had to be something better. But I didn't know what it was. You know, I'm sure I knew who God was. I'd heard of him. 
I never knew him. And I can remember finally going along the way, and mom had <laughs> kind of always been born. She, she got saved as a young child, but then, well, she went to the Catholic Church and didn't really grow much in the Catholic Church and ran off. And eventually, my grandmother went to a church in Coleridge that was a full gospel church, and, and got mom's, mom and dad started coming, dad got saved brother got saved. They're all starting to go to this church and I'm just sitting there going, what's going on? You know, and Mom just keeps talking to me about it, keeps talking to me about it and it just keeps eating away at me a little bit every time, you know. And, and finally she asked me to come to church and I thought, you know, she's been nothing but good to me. I'd be a real jerk to not go. So just out of pure entertainment for mother, I decided to go to church. And I even took along a friend, you know, and thought, what the heck, you know, we'll make a deal of it. We had beer. We were going to drink on the way back home. You know, this was in college. I kid you not, true story. We had no, we were going to make a date out of it, you know, and have some fun with it. So we went to church, and, and actually it was uh, Ron Bruce was guest ministering there at that, at that time, and that's why she got me talked into going, because she made it sound like it was some big fanfare thing, you know. And, I don't remember a thing he preached about. I have no idea what he preached on. I, I really don't. I, just, I, couldn't, I couldn't recall a single thing. I don't think I paid any attention the whole way through. But he got to the end of the service and began to give a salvation call and preach the gospel. And I was sitting in my chair trembling, literally shaking. And all I could think was, this is it. This is that thing. This is what I'm missing. I just knew that the, what he was preaching about, that need for a change, was exactly what I had need of. And I mean, literally, he gave the call, and, and I'm almost looking at myself going, what's that doing up there, you know? I, I raised my hand, I knew I had to go up, and, and I hear I had friends and others there that I guess I should have probably been embarrassed, but I knew that I knew that I knew that this is what I had to have. I mean, my heart was definitely convicted. And, and in that, to me, conviction, that's the one thing. Is conviction isn't that you feel bad or you feel worthless or you feel like you've done nothing but just screw your whole life up. But it's that knowing that there's better. That right. God has something better for you. And it's, yes, you know that where you're at isn't the right place, but it isn't that he's sitting there telling you that you're a bad person and you're failing miserably. If you just come over here, you get it right. But it's that love that draws you over there. And that, that's, to me, conviction, is, is that knowing that it's better, it's, it, that there's something better on the other side, and that's where you need to be. And this stuff just can go away and get out of the way. And, and I went up, and I not only got saved, but filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. I had, I had you know, I'm, I'm guessing maybe that's what he preached on. I have no idea. But I had no idea what that meant. I just knew I had to have. I just knew that I had to have it. This was that thing. And you know what? We went home that night yet, drank our beer on our way back because we didn't know no better. And I look back and I think about that. And I can, I can, I don't know that God necessarily said this to me, but when someone gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. And I can just, I just know that I know that even though we were on our way back, boozing it up like, we knew how to do. That was what we did. You know, I didn't know any better yet. That even even in that state, all of heaven was rejoicing. There was a joy because the change had taken place and it was going to start involving. 
And, and for me, that was it. That was conviction. It was, it was knowing that there was more out there, knowing that what I was, the lifestyle that I was living was unfulfillment. It just wasn't what God had in store. And there was so much better and so much more and that, that tugging at my heart. Every time I laid down at night, I just couldn't get away from it. I just knew that that was, in a sense, a waste of the day. And it could have been so much better, even though I didn't know how or why or what to do. But eventually, that opportunity came. So. Amen. You know, um, after he was saved then, and, and uh, he still went through a period and uh, where he really wasn't living up to his potential. And uh, God still, his hand was on him. And I'll never forget when he came to the garage and I was working and he was talking to me about how he needed to get right with God. And, and there's a lot more to his story. But that's the main emphasis I want you to see. Now, you share about, is it Silver Creek? About conviction in your life. When I was 15, going to the Methodist Church in Monroe, um, they had an evangelist, which I had no idea what really an evangelist was, other than I kind of knew what Billy Graham was, in the Methodist Church in Silver Creek. And for some reason, you know, we just, a bunch of us decided we wanted to go. And like Brad, I sat through the service, have no idea what the guy ministered. But I just knew that I knew, it was just like you said, it was just I knew there was something that I wanted, something <coughs> that was more fulfilling. And I was only 15. I hadn't really lived a hard life or anything. I just knew that there was more. And... When I received Christ, I knew that I had it. I knew I didn't have the fullness of everything. I didn't know everything, but I knew that I had what I'd always been looking for. And I think that's exactly what conviction is. It isn't God pounding you and telling you you're a bad person, because I wasn't really a bad person. I was full of it, but not bad. And it just, I knew that I needed God and that I wanted God. Pat, do you remember? Bless your heart, you raised your hand. Where were you? I was at a Dwayne friend. Um, it was a meeting, and it was just so strong. I was 17, and the conviction was. Were you at Coochie Lutheran, though? Yes, I was Lutheran. <coughs> and was that a Lutheran church? No. Uh, my aunt, somehow, got my mom and I and my sister to go, and we went, and the conviction was so strong. I became born again at that time. I never. I was born again, but I didn't. I continued going to go to Lutheran church, and I didn't have any teaching. But yeah. I was born again at that time. What about the guy next to you? He didn't go. He didn't <laughs> go. Away, friend in Fremont, Nebraska. Later on, same guy. My mother and aunt. Good old mom and aunt. Allowed me to go. And uh, yeah, same deal. Just like like well, come on. Were you dating or married then? We were dating. But we were Lutheran. Okay. You know, we all have, we all should remember, amen? You know, where we came from, where we were at at that point in our life, and let me go on now and, and talk about conviction. I can't talk about the convincing ministry without talking about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will deal with the heart of an unbeliever. 
and bring him to the realization that he or she is a sinner and lost without Christ. Now, an unbeliever could be described as spiritually dead and blind. Amen? Ephesians 2, 1 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Ephesians 4, 18 talks about the blindness of your heart. So when you're spiritually dead, you're spiritually blind, you just, you don't see it. You don't get it. Now listen, this is, this is important. This will help you understand. Dead people don't feel anything. Good. Are you listening? Dead people don't feel anything. Spiritually dead people don't feel the conviction of sin. How many have ever had a relative you wanted them to get saved? Our family members. And you pray, and you pray, and you might share with them, and it's just like they just don't get it. Only through the conviction of God's Spirit can a spiritually dead man be awakened to his need for Christ. Now, do you see the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Say, Holy Spirit. Boy, you talk about... He, the Holy Spirit doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough credit. He's here right now. Amen. And thank God that the Spirit of God at one point in your life helps you see, opens your eyes, opens your heart to the gospel. Spiritually dead people don't feel the conviction of sin. Only through the conviction of God's Spirit can a spiritually dead man be awakened to his need for Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to convict sinners of their lost condition. See, we think about the Holy Spirit. We don't think of, about other ministries. And, and this is one of the most important ministries of the Holy Spirit, to convict you and I of their sin. A person in sin is blinded to the fact, now listen, that there are eternal consequences to their sin. And they have no desire to change their lifestyle. But when the Holy Spirit brings conviction in a person's life, his eyes are open to see. That there's a choice. See, when you hear the gospel, you have a choice. You can receive Christ or reject Christ. But the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to see the choice that must be made. Stay where you are in your sinful condition or repent and cry out to God. The Holy Spirit will help you and I or that person reach the point of decision. Now, when you're born again, thank God for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But you know, you need to think about this. <laughs> Have you ever sinned since you got saved? Amen? Then who convicts you of your sin after that? Thank you. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's your own conscience. 
you know in your heart that you sinned. You know in your heart that what you did was wrong. But we've got to see the importance of the ministry of conviction. Every person today that is born again has experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit which has opened your eyes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you life. That was you and I at one point. Awake. Everyone say awake. awake. So, you need to see that you and I were once dead in our sin. You and I once were blinded, spiritually blinded. You need to realize, and I say it again, dead, spiritually dead people aren't going to feel anything. And that's why when you have a loved one, when you have a family member, somebody, a friend that is spiritually dead, you can't do it. You can speak the word and you can, you know, be a good friend and encourage part of what you said when you were coming in that church, did you, you got up and then you shoved her friend out the aisle. And she's still shoving people today. Amen? But you can't get discouraged when that person doesn't receive Christ right away, they, they're dead. They're spiritually dead. See, you're a spirit being. Say, I'm a spirit being. I'm a spirit being. You have a soul, you have a mind, you have mindful and emotions, and you live in a physical body. Your spirit's created in the likeness of God. God is a spirit being. But because of what Adam and Eve and their transgression in the Garden of Eden... They sinned and they died spiritually, but Jesus Christ came. He was made sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. John 6, 44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. We need to, you know, today... Before you go to bed tonight, before you go to sleep, you need to thank the Holy Spirit for convicting you of your sin and helping you recognize that you were a sinner and you needed Christ, you needed salvation, you needed experience the new birth. Now, that's the convicting ministry. The thing is now, when we go on next time, we can't next week, but the week after, we're going to talk about the convincing ministry of the Holy Spirit. He will convince you, and you and I, just like not recognizing we're sinners and we needed salvation, you and I cannot understand the subject of righteousness unless the Holy Spirit convinces you. Now, I, I never really looked at this and, and understood this, but I do now. Just like you needed the Holy Spirit to help you recognize you were a sinner and needed Christ, you need the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help you convince yourself 
that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, I read, like you said, I read after Rick read our, I read his devotionals and other books that he's had. I like the man and I respect his ministry because he's honest. But until he was, he was raised in a, a Christian home, but until he, I think, was around 20 or 21 years old, he, he had a hard time grasping the new birth and he thought he, he was afraid that he was going to die and go to hell. And my mind's going, this man's a Greek scholar. And, and all those years being raised, raised in a Baptist church, hearing the message of salvation, he was never sure of his salvation. He struggled with it and he was afraid that if he died, he'd go to hell. Now, I didn't have that trouble. Once I got saved, I knew I was born again, and I didn't have to go repeat, go up for and up every time there was a uh, an invitation to receive Christ. I didn't have to get up and go. I knew I was saved. Yeah. But here we got this man. This is the same man. I, used, you know, we all struggle with things, don't we? Have struggles. That was a famous minister that couldn't even cross the royal road. Royal Gorge Bridge. How many ever been there? Couldn't get out on that bridge. He crawled out on the bridge because he was so afraid. And I'm thinking, this man that writes all these books, that knows the word and knows the Greek, struggles. See, what that does for me is when I see somebody that's honest, it, it gives me hope. I struggle with things. You struggle with things. But see, he struggled with the fact he didn't understand that he was the, had God's righteous nature. Finally, he, he, he came to the conclusion and the revelation that he was saved. And he didn't struggle with that anymore. But then he struggled with the fact that he was the righteousness of God in Christ. And then one day he was driving down the street and he was listening to somebody speak and minister on the subject of righteousness and the Holy Spirit, just like the time convicted him, convicted him of his sin, convinced him he was the righteousness of God in Christ. So you're here today and I, 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 I've been on the subject of righteousness I don't know how long. Weeks. And I come in here and I and I share the subject, and it's like all of you are out there. You're out here, but it's like you're just like. Are you one or the other? You don't get it. You need the Holy Spirit to help you get it. Let's call on the Holy Spirit this morning to help us. See who we are. So we don't struggle with inferiority. We don't struggle with, you know, a sin consciousness. We develop a righteousness consciousness where we know who we are. We're confident. We're bold. That's the way God wants us to be as believers. We're not doormats. Amen? We are to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Let's stand up this morning. You young people, 
I know I remember what it was like to be young. I had more hair. Better looking. I didn't have teeth falling out. But you young people need to realize now, if you're truly born again, God has a plan for your life. You don't just aimlessly wander through life and wonder what I'm going to do with my life. If you know Christ, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. And it's your responsibility to find out that plan. And it comes from the Word, and it comes from the Spirit. So God's got good things. If you're here today and you struggle with some of the things I've talked about, then let's call on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart. Not that your heart's not open, but we just need more revelation. Father, today we thank you for the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we all remember the day we came to Christ and made Jesus our Lord and Savior. But now, Holy Spirit, we're, we're beginning to see we need the convincing ministry where you convince us of who we are in Christ Jesus. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. So I pray this morning for everyone in this room that our hearts will be softened. That Holy Spirit, you will show us by revelation, give us understanding of our righteous nature so we can be bold and confident as believers in Christ. Thank you, Father. You have a plan for everyone in this room. And Lord, we desire your kingdom to come and your will be done. We're so grateful that we have your nature, Father, and it's a righteous nature. And so, Father, we're not going to listen to the lies of the devil any longer. We're going to renew our mind to the word and who we are in Christ. Jesus was made sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Every eye closed today. I don't want to go without Pastor Brad did such a wonderful job of sharing about the ministry of the conviction, convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. I, if you're here today and you've never heard the gospel, and you've never realized that you, you need Christ to save you from your sin, I want you to show you, and I want to relate to you how that happens. The Bible says, if anyone calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll be saved. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Salvation, the new birth, is a gift. All you have to do is receive it. You can't earn it. You can't purchase it. You just receive it. 
The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and be saved, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Mike, I didn't know I needed to be saved. I didn't know I need Christ. I didn't know I needed to be born again. I didn't know anything about the ministry of the Holy Spirit convicting of my sin. You do now. God loves you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, who, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We, we're eternal beings, people. We're either going to live with God in the kingdom of heaven, or we're going to live in the king, Satan's kingdom of darkness, death and destruction, eternal death. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Mike, I, I, I need Christ. I need to receive Jesus. You need to be bold. And you need to raise your hand. I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I want you to know you need Jesus. I'm not going to wait long. If you're here today and you need Christ, you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, raise your hand and put it down. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the con your convicting ministry this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dealing with all of our hearts. Okay, look up at me. Did you, did you, did I make you think today? My, my goal was to, you know, spur you and, and stir you up to that ministry. Then the next time we come together, we're going to talk about the subject of righteousness. So, start thinking about I have God's righteous nature. Yeah. Say that. I've got I the, Father's the Father's righteous nature. Righteous nature. I'm the righteousness, I'm the righteousness of, God in Christ. of God in Christ. I have boldness, I have boldness. and access with confidence and access with confidence. Through faith in Jesus. <laughs> faith in Jesus. Do you believe that? Yeah. Then act that way. Talk that way. Amen. Anyone here today need prayer for your physical body? Prayer for your physical body. You're all healthy? That's a good thing. Amen. Remember now Prayer Wednesday. And remember to be here and the support of Apostle Mike. And, you know, in fact, how, how many of you would like to have a good, good seed to sow? Amen. Let, let, let me see your hands. I'd like to have finances to sow. Maybe you've got them, maybe not. Well, Father, I pray... For everyone here today, even those that are not here, that you will bless your people so that they're able to give generously, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for giving them opportunities to gain wealth this week to establish your covenant in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. this church really looks better. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you.